Coach, I know you're trying to figure this all out on your own. You're investing in your own learning on your own time because you want to show up for your teachers in the best way possible. Building your coaching program is a huge challenge, and it's even more difficult when you're asked to know about literacy practices and how to support them. That's why I created the Confident Literacy Coach. This self-paced course gives you the knowledge, strategies, processes, and downloadable tools that you need to be confident in your coaching work every single day. The new update to the reading and writing modules includes information about literacy that will help you grow your school's practices and grow your students into skilled readers and writers. Check it out at confidentliteracycoach.com and stop reinventing the wheel. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coach, and welcome to episode 140, Improving Our Communication with Teachers with Nicole S. Turner. Before we dig into our episode today, I want to remind you that this is the last week that the Confident Literacy Coach is going to be open. The course is closing this Sunday, and I want you to join us, so be sure to head to confidentliteracycoach.com and save your spot. If you're a literacy coach who is looking for some direction, some guidelines, if you don't have a clear role to find and you feel frustrated with your admin and the support you're receiving, or you just feel frustrated in general, check out confidentliteracycoach.com. Today, I have a guest who needs no introduction because she's my coaching bestie and she's been on this podcast several times already. But I'm going to give a little introduction because you need to know that she has a new podcast up and running. Nicole S. Turner of Simply Coaching and Teaching was my co-host for the Coffee and Coaching membership for two years before she moved on to do some great things in her coaching work. You may know her from the Simply Coaching Summit, which is a virtual conference for coaches that happens every summer, or the reset that happens every December. And now she has a new podcast. Let's welcome Nicole S. Turner to the podcast. So Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, you're back. You've been a guest already twice, I think. I think this is your third time. Is it? I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a very long time. It has been a while. It has for sure. Um, so today I'm excited to have you here for a lot of reasons. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners in case they missed those other episodes that you were already in and uh, talk a little bit about who you are and what kind of work you're doing right now? All right, sure. So my name is Nicole S. Turner, and I am the CEO and the founder, I guess, of Simply Coaching and Teaching um, and the Simply Coaching Summit, um, where Chrissy has been like the bomb uh, <laughs> keynoter and presenter at the uh, Simply Coaching Summit. I also am the author of Simply Instructional Coaching and the book, The Simple Blueprint for Instructional Coaching. Um, that's kind of what I kind of do. I've been in the field of education for about 18 years. I can't believe that I say that. And then I realized I have a 21 year old and an 18 year old. So I am a mommy. Uh, my last baby is 15 and he is with me and don't tell anyone, but he is my favorite. <laughs> Love him to death. <laughs> you know, that last one, the baby. Um, see what else I got going on. That's pretty much it. I, I, Coach K-12, um, been a school improvement turnaround specialist, elementary teacher, administrator, um, assistant principal, and instructional coach for the past 10 years. 
Um, and that's pretty much it as far as coaching and what it is that I've been doing and uh, focusing on right now is just the simple blueprint and um, a simple framework for teachers to, I mean, for coaches to work with teachers. Um, and then the simple core four, which is the framework on what to coach. So is on the how to coach and what to coach um, kind of frameworks. That's right. what I've been working on lately. Well, yeah, it's so exciting. Um, so I asked you here today specifically to talk about communication because when I sent out a survey to coaches asking what episodes they'd like to see in this podcast, I got a ton of requests about communication and it got me thinking about why do we struggle so much in this area? Because we've been communicating since we're children, right? Yes. Um, so then why, what do you think is getting in the way of coaches communicating effectively with teachers? Um, I think one of the biggest thing is that we're adults now. <laughs> well, some of us. Yes. <laughs> I think now we're adults and we have so many more opinions. And, you know, one other thing I always think about is the fear of how someone will um, look at us or how someone will um, feel about what it is that we say and the judgments. And so we kind of get in our head a lot when it comes to that communication piece of us you know, thinking about what's going to happen as a result of the communication rather than just, you know, coming forth and actually just communicating and trying to be direct um, with that and how we talking with people. Yeah, it's so true. Ego plays such a big part in the way that we interact with others. We think about yeah. like, how are we perceived? How are, how are our words going to land? And we kind of try to anticipate other people's responses. And sometimes we don't do a really great job of that. Um, we, we like paint a picture of, oh my gosh, they're going to hate this. They're going to respond this way. And it can mm -hmm. make us really afraid to say what it is that we need to say. Yes. And so one thing that I had started doing, um, and I was just having this conversation with, um, my kid's father the other day, cause long story, but we split a long time ago. <laughs> well, I was talking to him about making assumptions about what the kids will and will not do before asking or talking to them about it. Mm -hmm. So we, a lot of times will make assumptions of the way in which a teacher will react or the way in which our, the answer our principal is going to say prior to us even giving our principal the opportunity to say yes or no. Right. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a, a big struggle in that communication part. So I think that that is, that's something that we have to lean into we have to really, you know, kind of be aware of our thoughts, like you said, our ego and our minds of um, where we put our thought process before it is that we start to have those conversations. Yeah, that's really, that's a good point. We do it more with some teachers than others as well. Like we have this idea that certain people, like we expect certain things from certain people. And mm -hmm. that can be kind of dangerous because it gets in the way of you communicating and it, you walk into the situation feeling really anxious um, you expect a really bad response and then it, it limits the, your ability to coach because you're, you're afraid to communicate those things with teachers. Exactly. And sometimes you have to, in this role, mm -hmm. you know, I'll talk a lot about us really being on that thin line, right? We're on that fence and we lean and go back and forth. But a lot of times we also are in that um, role in which we need to make sure that we're not afraid to express what it is that we have to say. Um, we just can't be fearful of that because 
you know, it's like, well, I don't want her not to like me and I don't want her to shut down and I don't want him to, you know, feel this type of way. Um, but in reality, we can't coach that way. Like we can't lead with that. We have to lead with, um, you know, just being honest and say, hey, you know, I, I like you as a person, but this is about our craft um, and this is about students. And so, you know, lean into that part of it. Yeah, I like what you're saying, lean in. That's a phrase that we hear a lot. Um, but what does it mean to you whenever you say lean into something? What do you mean by that? Um, mostly to accept it mm -hmm. and to go with it. Um, that's I think lean in is my thing for 2023. I have to uh -huh. lean into my strengths. <laughs> Um, because sometimes we'll try to get out of, you know, what it is that we do, right? So we need to make sure that, if, okay, I need to just go into it. I need to actually do it, accept it and do it. So lean into or accept that you may not be liked by a teacher, accept that that teacher may not like what you have to say, mm -hmm. but you're doing it for the best interest of students. Um, and so that's where you have to, you know, lead with. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So I, I did get a question from a lot of people and it's about being introverted. And I don't think that you necessarily have this problem, but maybe I'm not like, you know, maybe, I don't really know for sure. A lot of teachers talked about whenever they have, um, as introverts, they have challenges communicating with teachers. What does something, what can they do to kind of bring them out of that shell? You know, I know that I have been introverted in a lot of situations. Sometimes we're different in different situations. Mm -hmm. um, so what can, can somebody who maybe doesn't know what to say, they want to participate in the conversation, but they don't know what to say. What can they do to kind of bring themselves out of that? Um, for me, I am introverted in some situations, right? I think, you know, we talk about it all the time, like how I really like to be alone or I like to kind of be by myself. Or mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, I present, I present on stages, I present in front of hundreds of people, but not necessarily do I want to talk with individual right. with people sometimes. So that's kind of a hard, um, you know, nut to crack, right? So what some things I think is, is that making sure that you think about what you say before you say it process the information in which you are taking in. Um, so like, listen, and, you know, w one thing that I've been practicing is making sure that I listen to understand versus listening to respond. Um, and sometimes when you're an introvert, you may not, you probably can't um, process or you're so worried about what it is that you need to say that you're not processing the information that's coming in. So taking that moment to think about what it is that they're saying. Um, I think one good way as an introvert is to uh, repeat back what it is that you said. That should break the ice a little bit um, because then you're just validating what the teacher is saying to you. And then hopefully by then you would have processed the information enough to then be able to give that idea or give a suggestion or move on within the conversation. Yeah. I like that idea. It kind of gives you a second to make sure that you understand mm -hmm. before you dive in. And so you don't feel like, Oh my gosh, what if I'm taking this in the wrong direction? Exactly. That's a good point. I also think that asking questions, a lot of coaching is just asking questions. And so like whenever I started the coaching calls on this podcast, there were times that I thought the, before I really had had the coaching calls like that I was recording. And I remember thinking, what if I don't know what to say? Cause I don't know what direction coaches are going to take it. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I have like a general idea of the topic, but I don't always know where are we headed with this. And so I thought, well, it doesn't, I don't need to have 
all the answers. And I feel like as coaches, we get really caught up in having all the answers, but we don't need to have all the answers. What we need to have are the questions Mm -hmm. that can help people think differently and kind of examine and that will help us understand as well. So if we kind of lead from that idea of curiosity and asking questions to better understand and to make sure that we can like really dig into what the person is saying and facilitate this conversation, we don't have to know the right thing to say. We can just say, mm-hmm. well, can you tell me more about that? Exactly. And that is like a totally generic thing that you can apply to lots of situations. Absolutely. Very low stress. That very low stress. And then it also helps um, the teacher to then expand on what it is that they have going on. Um, and it allows them to have a voice. Because a lot of times in communication or when we're like in a coaching situation or like, you know, when you're when you're having your coaching conversations, again, I'll go back to that um, listening for understanding versus listening to response. We'll cut people off in a minute. But but yeah, you know, um, you know, like that. (laughs) or when I was in the classroom, I did, you know, instantly without processing that information. Um, And so, yeah, that's that's huge. Um, to have that part. That's a good point. Yeah. We do listen to respond. We listen to respond all the time, especially as coaches, we feel this responsibility to Mm -hmm. respond in the right way. But yeah, if we listen to understand, and if we understand that communication is not just, I'm communicating so that you understand me, it's that I am ensuring that I understand you. Exactly. Then we can change that a lot. You know, maybe it will stop thinking so much about the way that we are perceived and how we feel in the moment and pull ourselves out of that and think about what is the nature of this conversation? What are we getting at? Exactly. Um, Definitely that. And I know we'll probably talk about it later, something about purpose of the call, right? I mean, purpose of the conversation. So when you are communicating, you always want to think about the purpose of the conversation, right? So like that should bring you back to what it is that you guys need to talk about. Um, And then I want to expand on the fact that you said that we don't um, always have the answers. We don't. Um, As a coach, you don't have to always have the answers. I was a K-6 teacher coaching secondary ELA. (laughs) Right? Right. I had no idea what, I didn't know the difference between freshman English and junior English and what the books that they read in the content area, but I knew instructional strategy. And so that was why they hired me. They hired me because they knew I knew different instructional strategies and that I could bring those instructional strategies to help those teachers. And so a lot of times we would unpack the standards together and going back to that questioning piece, I would then ask them those probing questions to really get them to think about that content and the expansion of that content and then how we can instructionally execute it, you know, in a way in which students can grasp the content. So I didn't necessarily focus on the content. I focused on the execution of the content. And then I allowed the teacher to lead with their content knowledge. And then if I had a teacher where we both were struggling with the content then that's when I would take that opportunity to unpack that standard with the teacher. So then we discovered together. And a lot of times I would tell them like, oh my goodness, we're discovering this together. Like, this is cool. You know, I'm learning with them. And so they don't feel so um, 
well, she thinks she got led or that she know everything or, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, we're, we're learning this together. Um, I am truly your support and we are truly walking side by side with each other. Um, and sometimes if we become vulnerable as coaches to lean, lean in to our vulnerability and allow ourselves to become vulnerable um, with our teachers so that they can see us grow as well, I think then they would definitely have, um, they'll feel more comfortable um, with us. That is such a good point. I, I love what you say about like honoring what the teacher is bringing with them, because sometimes it's easy to like dismiss yeah. what people say, um, especially if it comes from maybe a different background or a different framework or a different uh, philosophy. It's easy mm -hmm. to be just immediately, oh, that's ridiculous. And then kind of <laughs> replace it with something that you would rather than think. But mm -hmm. if we can instead you know, really dig into what they're saying and try to understand it and then use that to apply it to like, what you're talking about is like triangulation. So you're, you have, yeah. you're saying what they're saying, but you're talking about another thing. You're talking mm -hmm. about the standard, you're digging into the standard together. I really like that because it's not just about you and the teacher having this conversation about some sort of random thing that's floating around. You're looking at a standard, you're digging in together, you're identifying things and you're having a conversation about an artifact or, mm -hmm. or like a text or some sort of, you know, actual tangible thing. And yeah. that can really assist communication with with coaches and teachers because sometimes we think we know we're, that we're understanding each other but we're really mm -hmm. not yep and Absolutely. having that standard typed out and written out in front of you and digging into it and writing on it that can be a way to make sure that you are actually communicating effectively about whatever it is you're talking about yep and that you're learning together so yes. that that communication um piece really you know helps where it's like that non-judgmental part because communication is a lot of you know, when people feel as though they're beneath you or, you know, like that kind of feeling like, oh, she thinks she knows it all. Mm -hmm. But really, no, let's do this together. Um, and that starts to make teachers or help teachers to feel more comfortable. Yeah, it kind of puts you on the same level, like the same ground. You both don't know right. what you're doing. Because <laughs> I always say, listen. I'm on a teacher contract just like you, baby. That's right. That's right, we are. <laughs> I say that all the time. Like, I don't know how much more money you thought I was making. But, but it's none. I'm on the same contract as you. <laughs> That's right. So these 191 days, baby, we both got. So let's do this together and let's make this happen. That's good. <laughs> well, I have a question for you about making requests because- coaches are sometimes put in this position where we're requesting things almost as if we have the authority of, of an administrator, but we don't have the authority of an administrator. Mm -hmm. So we're asked to make these requests that have like that carry weight as if an administrator would like, for example, hi, you haven't completed your documentation that was due today and I'm here to pick it up. Right. Mm -hmm. So how can we make requests of teachers that carry the weight without being perceived as admin? How can we kind of walk that line? Because I mean, that wasn't, that was definitely something that I had to do as a coach was um, hold people accountable for things and yes. follow up on things, uh -huh. but I was not an administrator. Right. And so my thing is, why are you for to have those people coming to me? That's for sure. I always say that, like, come on, you know that this is due today and you know, they go come and be like, Nicole, why isn't Miss Johnson's paperwork turned in? And you know, I don't want to talk about that. So can we just get it together? At least that's how I always approached it. Yeah. Because it's like we, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of like we're on the, we're on the same team, 
And I need you to understand that we're on the same team. And so another thing that I would always ask is how can I help you to get that? Like, is there a barrier or is there something in the way um, that's, you know, prohibiting you from getting your deadline, you know, meeting your deadline? Um, and so if it is, let me help you. Um, if it's not, then girl, where's my stuff? Where is the stuff so the people don't have to come talk to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. How can I help you get this done? Hey, remember this is due today. What do we need to do so we can get it turned in on time? Yeah. Um, and then you're a partner. I, I yes. like that a lot. We, we used to do things like that too. Hey, almost everybody has their stuff turned in. What do we need to do to make sure we get hundred um, percent? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, what do we need, we to, need do? to do? Exactly. You're putting yourself on the same side. Yes, exactly. That's why I always say, don't, don't, don't let them. Don't let them come to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear <laughs> from admin about, about how this is not done. Let's just. Right. So yeah. how can I help you get it done? Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, sometimes, and I do remember I had, I had a principal once who would say, if I need to be the bad guy, make me the bad guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, and it was true. Sometimes it was like, look, she's asking for this. And so what are we going to do? You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that just being like you said, I mean, just being that support. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, a best way to approach it. Um, and the best way to communicate it. I don't always communicate via email when it's stuff like that. I try to stay away from email until it's like the last of the last, especially when it's a request. Maybe I may send out an email and say, Hey, sixth grade team, just wanted to send a sh- quick reminder that we have, you know, our data sheets due on Friday. Um, if anyone needs any assistance, I'm available on Tuesday from, you know, two to four or whatever. Uh-huh. Right. So I may send that out as a way to cover me that I, you know, let everyone know ahead of time that it was due. But if I see where it's like the day of and Ms. Johnson has not gotten that done. Right. Then I'm going to just go and approach Ms. Johnson and ask her how I could help her to get it done? Is there anything that I can do or whatever? If it then passes the deadline at some point, I'll go and ask her again, like, hey, this was due on Friday. It's Tuesday. Is there anything that I can do to help? If she still has not responded by that time, then I'll send an email and just say, hey, you know, I reached out to you a couple of times, just wanted to kind of see if there's a way that, if there's anything else that I could do to help. Mm-hmm. Um I think teachers feel more comfortable when it's face-to-face and not email because email then becomes documentation, right? right. And they connect that with some type of uh, punitive action. Um, and so that's where I think it's uh, having that face-to-face conversation is is really good. That's such a good point. And I feel like sometimes it can feel easier to hide behind the computer and hide behind the email yeah. instead of like going to see somebody because you don't want to see the faces or you don't want to see the eye rolls or you don't want to see or hear the really or the size or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, whenever we put things in writing, I can see how that would be intimidating to certain people. And maybe documentation has been used against them in the past. Exactly. Because, you know, they document when you say add well. When I went to school to be an administrator, when I was an administrator, uh-huh. it was document, 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 yes. like all the time, because yes. um, you never know what when you needed it. Now, I will say I did document as a new coach. There were certain teachers who were um, very resistant and outwardly antagonistic mm-hmm. because they just it was a completely different life. They were like, what? <laughs> 
what is yeah. it? Because it was there had been no coach really at the school before. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I did document every single thing that I did to support them. I mm-hmm. did have a documentation, but they did not know that. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I think that you definitely need to document all of your your coaching work. I always say that we have to document our coaching work because we got to prove our jobs. That's right. Right. We got to justify that we um, are necessary. Like, this is what I do. Um, But as far as just like the communication component, um, I always try to do face to face first, especially Mm -hmm. when it's like a due date or something that could be held punitive against them. So then whenever you provide feedback, I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. This is also something you're doing face-to-face in person. Yeah. So I always do or try to do face-to-face um, with my feedback. In the world when COVID hits, uh-huh. I learned a whole new way of providing <laughs> feedback um, for teachers. I now record Loom videos and send it to them. Um, I love it because I'm able to kind of get it all off my chest. It's also just a, um, an expression. So the reason why I like to do it this way is one, I get to, they get to hear the tone of my voice, yeah. which is something that's completely different if it's in an email, right? And then two, I don't have to hear the size that we talked about <laughs> or the, you know, what it is that you need to say, you know, that whole kind of scenario. And then like the mood is changed and then it's like, uh, you know, some things you're trying to pull out. So now if I come into a classroom um, and I just, just, and I think it was uh, maybe October last year, mm-hmm. um, not October, year before October, 21. There we go. 21. Um, I was doing uh, feedbacks for some teachers. I had did some walkthroughs and decided to do a loom um, with them. And so I had did like a little feedback card. And so instead of me um, going and having a meeting with them. I did the little video. I was like, hey guys, um, so excited or, you know, so excited for you that you let me into your room today. I really, really loved being in your classroom. Little Johnny was doing excellent. I am so happy that you did, you know, this, 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 and that. Like I chose and really picked out all of the positive things to talk about it. I said it in an exciting voice and really, you know, showed those, um, use my hand. Well, I use my hands all the time, but you know, use my, (laughs) my facial expressions and, you know, all of those little small keys to let them know that it was totally on a positive note. Mm -hmm. And then when I wanted to start talk about some of the deltas that I saw or some of the um, weaknesses or things that they needed to work on, um, I still kept that same energy, right? So then they felt as though it was coming from a positive, constructive way, not from a negative component um, and then or a negative way. And then they didn't have the opportunity for me to feel that, you know, pushback while we were there or while we were in that meeting. And so then it was like, so let me know if you have any questions. I am available on Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, from this time to this time. Um, Please feel free to shoot me back an email or reply to this email. Let me know what time you would be available for us to kind of chat. Um, and so also, it also allows the teacher to go back and rewind and listen to what I say again, right? twice or three times. They can really digest the information once their emotions hit. Because, you know, the first time you hear someone say something, it's an emotional piece um, of that emotion, you know, in the beginning. 
And so you are defensive or you trying to defend what it is that you said and what it is that they saw and, you know, all of those things. Um, because what we, we listen to respond and not listen to understand. Right. Um, and so then now they get to rewind that video and then they can watch it again. And then they can really hear what it is that I say and, you know, how I do it. Now, to be careful with that, I warn coaches in this instance is that they need to make sure that whatever they saw on camera is something that is appropriate and something that can be repeated um, and something that cannot be held against them in a court of law. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you need to make sure that that is definitely something that you, you know, it's something that you would say if your administrator was standing there, mm -hmm. you know, you want to make sure that it's something that is completely appropriate um, because that video could, you know, that piece. The other good thing about it is that when you do a loom and you send it to them, it sends you an email that said that this video has been viewed. And so because we have that where this video has been viewed, I now have documentation that I sent it and that you saw it. So remember, at the end, I requested you to meet with me and respond to the email with what specific time. So hopefully they would have gotten that. And there's a call to action at the end of that video. I so love it. That's, that's one way um, or one style. Of course you can do your face to face. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then you could do written, but I'm not a really big email writer when it comes to feedback, because I've learned that people read from their perspective and not from the perspective in which you were sending it. Um, and so that's why it's important for it to come out in words, um, verbally with some type of emotion um, to it versus them just reading it. You know, I love email. that. I like what you said about it gives people kind of like processing time because mm -hmm. they can hear it. They can process it without immediately responding and putting out that energy that you can just feel that just hits you. Right. Yeah. Cause then it changes your tone. You're sometimes it's hard not to respond to that. Yeah. It changes your tone and to be like a little more timid or a little less exuberant or a little more like, well, maybe something we could try. Like, you know, you, you don't really mm -hmm. come across with the full force of your energy. So I love that idea about giving people that opportunity to listen to it, process it, maybe listen again if they need to, which I'm going to mm -hmm. guess most people are going to listen to it more than once. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and then respond to it after they've had a second to really think. Yeah. And I think this also goes back to your introvert question. So those uh, uh -huh. coaches who are introverts and really kind of have a hard conversation with starting the conversation, this allows the teacher to then digest everything and they're able to get everything out um, into the open. And then now we can have that conversation, right? Because they're more comfortable with the content or with whatever it is that they were saying um, in the video. That's a really good point. I feel like um, Flipgrid might work for this too, because you could like send out a, a little video. Oh yeah, and back and it, forth. Right? Yeah, that yes. might be cool. As long as it gives me some type of documentation that you saw. Right. It. Yeah, that I don't that, that I don't know if it does. It may, may not. I have no idea about Flipgrid. I haven't used Flipgrid in a while. I haven't either. Like not for anything that was like, yeah, right. I haven't used it for anything that is like required that people listen to it. So I don't know mm -hmm. for sure if it shows it. Voxer. Um, might be, it would be another good way to do that. It's not visual, but it does, you know, convey the tone of your voice. Yeah. And I really love using that to provide people with feedback because it's such an easy tool and it is so efficient, you know, and it's like, it just drops right in there. Now they have access to it immediately. So I love that. 
Yeah, I think a lot of schools have um, did Voxer. I've seen that where they do Voxer. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have like Voxer chats and uh-huh. groups and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, you talked a little bit about making sure, being really cautious about the way that you say things and being aware of how everything you're saying is being recorded and that somebody could play that back and take it out of context. What can we do, not necessarily just in that example, but in general, when we realize our communication has not been clear or that there's been some sort of a misunderstanding in terms of the way that we've communicated with the teacher? Sure. So I think one way to avoid of that, sometimes it's going to happen. And then there are going to be some people that's going to take anything you say out of context and it's nothing you can do about it uh-huh. um, because they're, they are um, responding due to whatever it is they have going on from their perspective. Right. And again, like what you kind of said before, like maybe they had some very bad experiences with coaches or bad experiences with administrators and they don't have that trust. Um, that trust has not been built between you or has not been built between um, the school and that teacher, period. So I think one of the ways um, that you can avoid that is making sure that when you have those conversations, you do repeat back um, what it is that they're saying. So sometimes I'll be in a coaching conversation. I will listen to what the teacher says. I will take note of that and say, okay, So this is what I hear you saying. Um, And that validates, one, it validates the teacher. And then two, you have the understanding that both of you now um, have the same understanding and you're on the same playing field, right? So now when you respond, you're responding to the correct information or the information in which they wanted to convey to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that is one of the biggest keys where I try to make sure I... I repeat back to them. And then if it's not, and it's like, is that not what you're saying? <laughs> it's like, if this is not what you're saying, can you say it in another way so that I can process that? Mm-hmm. Um, I even do it at home. I mean, I do it at home with my kids. So it's just been something, a way in which I try to use, uh, I use that strategy to just process information. Yeah, that's, I, that's, um, I remember in college, I had to read the seven habits of, I guess I was working on my master's. I honestly don't remember what I was working on, but I read the seven habits of highly successful people that heavy uh-huh. book. And that's one of the things that he recommends is that you do paraphrase and repeat back what people are saying to ensure that you're communicating effectively and understanding them before you try to respond. It's a good so point. that is so funny. Um, Justin, the baby who's home with me, uh-huh. I call him a baby and he's a whole 15 year old with a permit <laughs> yeah, he's, he's driving. A yeah. Right. <laughs> Taller than me and everything. Right. Yeah. So he is now reading that book. Oh, um, he is. He's doing it for teens. Yeah. So he is doing that for teens. So that's, that's interesting. But yeah, definitely that's one of the strategies that um, I've utilized. And it seems to have worked very well for me. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you realize that you have said something that has been misinterpreted? How can you go back and what can you do about that to to kind of repair that with a teacher? Um, I always like to have that conversation with them and just say, hey, I apologize or I'm sorry that this was, you know, a misunderstanding or this is kind of the way in which you took what it is that I said. But here's my approach. This is what I really meant. Um, You know, I try to always approach the situation head on. I'm definitely one that will uh, try to approach the situation early 
be to kind of put the fire out versus waiting for it to become like a wildfire, right? <laughs> yeah, that's probably best. Yes. Uh, because things can really grow out of hand quickly. If we, if we can see that a teacher has something is holding onto something um, mm-hmm. about us, it's, it's a good idea to address it as soon as you can, because te- if the longer you wait, it's kind of like grows and grows. And then yep. they start perceiving things that aren't because they're looking for certain things to confirm that confirmation bias. Yes. Yeah. Um, and make sure you can utilize that same strategy of where you um, validate what it is that the teacher says, but you can say, Hey, can you repeat back or can you tell me what it is that you now understand? Especially if you have a teacher who is a challenging teacher that really doesn't dig coaching. Like, you know, they're really afraid of coaching or they're not comfortable with coaching. Um, you can always have them to kind of tell you what it is, their perception of what it is that you say um, or you say it so that you can make sure that they understand. Again, you guys get on the same playing field. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a good tip. Are there so that's a really good habit that we can build in the way that we speak to to teachers. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that repeating to make sure that we understand. Are there any other like exercises or habits we can try to build in order to improve our communication? Um, I think doing a feedback meeting, I kind of try to follow a, a strict stru- uh, structure mm-hmm. that I kind of put in place. So I always make sure that I start all feedback meetings with some type of positive praise, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them something, something positive that I saw in their room, something positive that I saw like maybe that week or the week before or something if they were in the hallway with their students. But I always try to praise them and let them know that they're doing great in some aspects. Um, And then I try to make a connection with them, some type of personal connection. Um, If Ms. Johnson has a cat, you may say, oh, how is Twinkie doing? You know, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, If you know something was happening in our family or how with the kids or, I mean, it could be something that is personal, um, but not too personal, but you know, just something that's general um, that you know about them, but touch base with them on that level of that personal level, because that does make a difference when they think that you care about them as a person and not just a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a way in which you can kind of bring down that barrier mm-hmm. um, to build that trust with them. Then yeah, I try okay. to um, set a purpose for our feedback. So that's that understanding, like, why are we here? Um, what it is that we are talking about? And then I dive into the communication. Um, I think a couple of communication strategies that I use like while I'm actually there is that I don't have my cell phone with me. Um, And then if I'm typing during the conversation, I have it where the teacher can actually see the computer um, because I don't want them to think that I'm typing something other than what it is that, you know, we're talking about. So I may say, you know, I may be typing and then say, point to the screen and say, okay, is this what we're agreeing to? Or is this the standard that we're working on? You know, try to get them drawn into um, whatever it is that I'm doing when I take notes with that. Um, Also, I try to watch my posture, right? I try to sit up, make sure that I am smiling. Um, Even if it's a difficult conversation, you don't want to be smiling, of course, in a difficult conversation, but you do want to have an upbeat kind of like tone um, and kind of positive you know, way. Um, and then I also let them know, hey, we're in this together. You know, I always try to reiterate that um, and try to reassure them that this isn't an evaluation. Like this is something that we do to to build you and get better. 
one thing that we have through this communication or utilizing some of these strategies, we are changing the way in which people feel about instructional coaches, which I think is, it has a very negative connotation, right? But the thing is, is that some of the best athletes in the world that get paid millions of dollars have coaches. Um, some of the most uh, business, you know, some of the, the richest business or some of the top business people that you see, they have business coaches. So the coach doesn't necessarily know more than you. The coach is there to help bring out the best in you. And so we just have to change that by helping people become more comfortable with it by the way in which we use those communication like strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, sometimes we approach a situation and people have like a, a predisposed idea of what they think we are going to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, one thing that has really been helpful to me, even in my own personal life is, is we, whenever we're met with these statements, sometimes we're met with these things that are like disparaging or unkind about coaches or like, the, you know, lots of not so nice snide remarks. And, one thing that has been really helpful to me is I take a little pause because it's very easy for me to say something immediate. And like, just the first thing that comes to my mind is not going to be the best thing for me to say mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it may actually be the worst thing. And, uh, and so I, I, I can, like my whole life I've had, well, I might, you know, I mentioned my dad before on this podcast, but he, he was uh, very authoritarian and I was told my whole life that I have a smart mouth. And I still do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're right? not alone. Yeah. It just, it just flies out before I even know what's coming out sometimes. And so I have to be really careful about pausing for a minute and making sure that when I'm faced with these, you know, these kind of like negative remarks or, or even things that I'm not really sure their intention that I'm not saying the, the smart snotty thing that comes to mind, but instead that I'm taking a second and thinking, and that I'm going to respond, hopefully from a place of curiosity and questioning rather than from a place of shutting down the, um, the thing that I'm struggling to control. Right. Uh, because Mm -hmm. all those things can, they can feel like a threat to us. And if we really take a step back and and like you said, you know, we, we, we approach it with confidence and, and know that we're trying to shape this perception of what a coach is. Uh, if we come from it to it from that direction, then obviously what we want to represent ourselves in the best way possible, we need to take a minute to gather our thoughts, to figure out what that's going to sound like. We don't always know how to do that in the first second. And so my best recommendation is just to pause for a second, Mm -hmm. Um, instead of feeling like you have to say something right now and it has to be the right thing to shut it down. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes silence is golden, right? That's right. (laughs) Having that moment of just being quiet. And a lot of times when people don't even know what it is that you're saying or what you're thinking, it's kind of good because they don't know how you're going to respond. So having that moment of just give me a moment or let me process mm-hmm. um, that information is is a really good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. It, sometimes people can hear what they have said better when there's a moment for them to think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about how that came out. And then they might actually be able to say, think to themselves, I wish I hadn't said that. But mm-hmm. if you, if you immediately respond to shut it down right away, then maybe they don't have that, that reflection time. Mm-hmm. And then and they, then they are be angry at you. Right. <laughs> instead of reflecting <laughs> on themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much for all of this, these great tips. It's been such a joy. Um, but I do want to ask you before you go, I'm asking every guest uh, that I have on the podcast this season about what their favorite things are. So this can be a book, a movie, TV show, it can be a podcast, an activity, a product, whatever, anything that you're loving right now that's bringing you joy. So tell me what is your favorite thing? 90 day fiance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, MG, it brings me so much laughter. I'm like, what are these people doing? Love them to death. Um, that's that's definitely bringing me joy on some of the late nights that I'm up or times that I'm traveling or like if I'm stuck on a plane or something like that. Um, so that is one thing. The let's see what else is bringing me joy. I said I was going to say more things. Um, before you before you say the other thing, I have to say my mother loves that show as well. And then one time I went over to her house and she goes, "Look, now they've got ninety day fiance. Ninety days later, I was like, Mom, yeah. you know I don't watch that stuff. She goes, Yeah, just sit there and watch it. I said, no. Mom, these people are living through this horrible. Like half of them are living through these horrible decisions and terrible situations. She goes, No, no, they don't know they're horrible. Just watch. They don't know. They don't want. I'm like, Mom, I don't want to well, see this. It's way too funny because now they have like so many spinoffs. That's it's what like. <laughs> yeah. It's like now it's ninety day fiance the other way. So like now it's not them coming to the United States. It's like them leaving the United States, going to another country. Oh my god! So like now you have now arrived in a country where you do not know the language. Uh huh. Um, you do not eat the food. Like they don't have the same things that we have. Uh huh. Right. Um, you know some of the same the I, I would say privileges that we have yeah. here. Yeah. Right. In the U.S. So. Yeah. Like that's like a whole nother shocker. Then you with somebody that you probably was talking to online for like so long. Um, there's one where it's the Caribbean one now. And then it's like the people who were with the people and they had got married and now they divorced. So now there's a single. So it's 90 day fiance, <laughs> the single life. So single now these again. people are, yeah. So oh they're single God. again now and like they're dating. Oh my gosh. There's like so many of them. I just follow. And then they have the pillow talk. So pillow talk <laughs> is when they are watching it. And then you get other cast members from like different seasons. You're listening to them respond. Oh, okay. Well, that might actually be watching. Yes, that is hilarious. So <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Um, speaking of communication, one of the books that I'm reading right now is Master Your Emotions. Um, mm -hmm. really good. We we're talking about the ego, um, and aligning yeah. all of that. So if you guys are, um, thinking about different, um, uh, strategies or different ways to be able to communicate with others, master your emotions. I'm about in the second or third chapter. So I haven't finished the book yet, but so far it is really opening up my eyes to a lot of things and really helping me, um, to be a better, better me in 2023. Oh, interesting. What a great recommendation. No problem. No problem. All right. Well, how can people find you online in the real world on their podcast apps? What can they, uh, they can look for, for to find you. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. So the podcast is on any podcasting app or station that you, you can go to just mm -hmm. type in the simply instructional coaching podcast. Um, so you guys can find that. You can also find me at simply coaching and teaching.com. 
Um, that's where some of the podcasts are, the blog, um, new website. So it is, you know, jamming. Um, if you want to learn more about me, where I am, where I'm presenting um, at some of the coaching conferences this year. Um, so pretty much it. And hopefully um, I'll, I'll see everyone or meet up with everyone. I am on uh, Twitter at Coach and Teach and Instagram, Simply Coaching and Teaching underscore and then Facebook simply because you're the teaching, but we have a, a a Facebook group called the mm-hmm. what is it called? I think Insta- it's simply coaching and S- simply coaching coaching instructional coaching. Yeah, <laughs> simply coaching 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 instructional coaching no, coaching right. <laughs> <laughs> That's where simply it is. coaching so instructional coaching. I'm not a huge uh, social media fan, but if you find me in the Facebook group, I'm more in the Facebook group than I am in anything else. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure <laughs> to be here. One of my most favorite coaches in the whole entire world. Oh, you too. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, coach. I always love it whenever Nicole comes on the podcast because she's just a real person, right? Like she brings the reality of coaching and um, she tells the truth and I love it. So if you are looking for a tool that can help you to actually start coaching differently, speaking differently to your teachers, and you're not sure what to say, I want you to go to buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 140, and you can grab some feedback sentence starters there. Obviously, coaching conversations involve a lot more than sentence starters, but if you don't know where to start, this is a great place to find some different ways to ask questions that can help you dig deeper into the conversation you're trying to have with teachers. So check that out at buzzingwithmissb.com slash episode 140. And remember, the Confident Literacy Coach is open. The rest of this week, it's closing Sunday. So go to confidentliteracycoach.com and save your spot for this all-in-one course. Next week in episode 141, we are talking with Jessica Vance about how the words we use can influence and impact teachers. And I actually had Jessica as a guest on this podcast last season, but she was so terrific that I really wanted to dig into this topic with her. And I think you're going to love it. Our language really does matter. And the words that we choose to use really do matter. So let's learn how to use it with purpose when we interact with teachers. We're going to do that next week. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.